there's a bagel on the piano. It's six different performances of a chorus line this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How are you doing? Hello from the future, Earthlings. I am in my uh, dad's basement in Michigan. Uh, I drove across the country. We don't need to get too much into that because I we have a guest with a completely different topic. And if you get me started on my trip, I just don't know if I'll be able to stop. Be like a you know like a you know when someone's on a on a talk show, but then they get bumped because like Kristen Chenoweth went on too long. I don't want that to happen to our guest. I want our guests to get it. I hope they get it. That's the sick alert going off. We did it. I know. We we always think we're not going to, and then somehow we do. It's true. We do. We do. We do, we do, be do, be do. Mark that down for merch. All right, let's introduce our first of two guests today, Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, looks like uh, Kristen couldn't make it. So please welcome from the podcast, Two Old Queens, John Flynn. Hello. 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 Thank you for having me. I would be honored to be bummed for either by either Kristen Chenoweth or you, Steve Saga. <laughs> oh, thank you. Let the record state that. All right. So, John, six different productions of A Chorus Line. Why do you know that? Uh, well, I have been in uh, six productions of the musical Chorus Line. It was one of the first shows I did out of college. Um, and it is one of those shows where, especially if you're a guy, once you know it, um, you get offered it a lot. Like, it, it's just a show that's done a lot. It is, a, as a show, it's like there's so much dancing, there's so much staging to it. And a lot of times people will recreate the original uh, production staging and choreography so like once you have like so I the first production I got lucky on and then I learned it and so once you know it then you sort of there's this whole like weird cult about a chorus line it's just a show that gets done so much that people people have like me only me doing six is like on the low end like I know people who have done like 10 or 12 uh, multiple productions of it because it's just one of those shows like once you know it people are like oh good great we don't need to teach it's like a skill a two and a half hour musical sort of it's it's like being able to like drive yeah. stick it's like knowing you know shorthand I mean? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit is kind of what it is. It does, uh, yeah. The, after the the first year after I'd done it, I got straight up offered it ten times. Wow! Like didn't even have to audition. Just people calling, being like, "Hey, can you come and do this? Join this production for like a weekend or two or something like that." Because also because it is a big dance show, people get injured a lot. So there it is. There is like call for a lot of like last minute replacements for stuff. So yeah, so I know a lot about Course Line. I mean, I was naturally like a big musical theater aficionado anyway. But then this sort of came along. And I was looking again. It was over a five-year period, or a four-year period, actually. So I just, uh, for a while, that was kind of what I was doing. And how many performances? Uh, I'm not sure, because some of them were shorter than others, but I know it's definitely over 200 uh, different performances. It's a bicentennial. Uh, I assume that you were doing musical theater in high school and college, and you probably wanted to be a Broadway baby. Absolutely. So my first production, I just graduated from college. I went to Hofstra University on Long Island. And uh, I'm from New Jersey, and I had like a show in the fall, but like for that summer, my plan was, uh, there wasn't a lot of musical theater at Hofstra, there was a little bit, but I was like, I'm going to learn how to tap dance, so that when I move to New York after this show I'm doing in the fall, then that will be another extra skill that I have, like more jobs will open up for me. So I found like the local, like the best local tap studio in New Jersey, and I went in, the guy was teaching it, 
Um, he his name was David Jerome Vincent Meenan. Uh, he had in his tap studio he had like a Wizard of Oz cl- like a poster from a production of Wizard of Oz that his theater company had done that he had had turned into a clock like right like in a display right next to like two uh, ruby slipper tap shoes. So uh, he was my tap teacher. He had a theater production called uh, RTG for the Royal Theater Guild production. Uh, and that first day after class, we went out for drinks and um, we started hooking up pretty much. So he was my boyfriend, this guy. And then his theater company was going to produce the first production of Chorus Line that I was in. Um, and he had done Chorus Line like he had he hadn't done it on Broadway, but he had uh, played Zach in the European tour. And like he had done a lot of productions of it. So it was a show that he knew very well. And so to stage it, he hired this woman. Uh, her name was Mitzi Hamilton. And Mitzi Hamilton is like, uh, re- she uh, she's someone who has a career just restaging Chorus Line. Um, but she was involved in the original production. I don't know how much you know about the musical Chorus Line. Are you familiar with it at all? Uh, I am well, very familiar. Real quick, I'm just going to say, set on the bare stage of a Broadway theater, the musical <laughs> is centered around 17 Broadway dancers auditioning for spots on a Chorus Line. A Chorus Line provides a glimpse into the personalities of the performers and the choreographer as they describe the events that have shaped their lives and their decisions to become dancers. There. That is, now everybody there now knows. Know. <laughs> so what you may or may not... <laughs> perfect. So uh, what you also may not know is that Coruscant was sort of unique. It was written in the 70s and it was like first written by Michael Bennett, who was the original director choreographer. He like assembled all these dancers together late one night and like they all sat in a circle and they had like cheap wine and like he asked them like so like tell us like basically it was like what's your life story and this was like in the early 70s before everyone did that constantly just talked about themselves so like all these these dancers who were there at that 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 uh, sort of uh, chat session they like started telling their their life stories for the first time and it was that raw those tapes from that that sort of was the big, the first draft of the basis of creating the show so a lot of the stories and a lot of the characters that were in that tape session are in the show and Missy Hamilton right. was at that tape session because her it is her true life story that inspired the character of Val, the one who got the one who sings tits and ass, the one who got like she was like in the early seventies. She was very flat chested. She went, you know, she's very early adapter to uh, getting you know plastic surgery and like her career changed and so like she got um, she she says in real life she said nothing she never got anything on her ass done she just got tits. Um, so she. Um, uh, ironically, though, when the show happened, uh, she was not a good enough singer, so she did not get to play the part that was based on her life, although she did end up playing it later. So she directed it. So she's this huge, crazy, weird character of a person. So I just got lucky in doing that production. That's how I got my first production of Course Line. And because of that, I was sort of like, if I had to just go into cold to an audition for Course Line, I probably never would have gotten it. But because of that, because my because <laughs> my ex-boyfriend, uh, who coincidentally also holds the Guinness Book of World Record, record for the longest distance tap danced, um, because of him, I stumbled into a Course Line and it became like a big part of my career early on. I want to talk more about your career, but I also want to know how long is the Guinness World Record for the longest tap dance? I think it's somewhere over 30 miles. I was with him. We were still dating. Oh, it's a distance. I thought it was just like a a time frame. No, no, no. He just... uh, he the first time he did it I think it was disqualified and he had to do it again but we were still dating the first time he did it and he literally like tap danced through Red Bank New Jersey to like a high school like track loop and just like tapped around and around and around that for like a whole day basically oh was it worth it I mean he's in the Guinness Book of World Records that's true Um, he has great thighs what have you done Steve (laughs) I drove to Michigan (laughs) (laughs) you put up with the flatter states (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, uh, going back real quick on sort of the sure. protection history of Chorus Line, uh, how do you feel personally, especially having played some of these characters, knowing that, like, those dancers, they did it. It's like they paid them really for those life rights. They just kind of said, tell me about yourself. Well, here's my deal. And then they're like, great, we're going to we're going to turn it into a Broadway smash and you're not going to see a dime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a big deal for a while because some of the dancers initially, like after that session, when they first started workshopping the show, they all just signed a they signed like a release that gave them the right their life rights for one dollar. Um but this was like before anyone was doing anything like that. Like now we're so much more savvy about doing stuff like that. But Michael Bennett has gone on. Like they do, there is, there are like different tiers of people who got paid more money. If they're like this woman, Mitzi, she still gets money from the show because uh, her life story is part of it. And so like she gets a percentage of like whatever the, I'm, I'm sure it's not huge. I don't think she can like live off of it. But like there are some people who, who have, who, that isn't entirely true. But I'm sure, but a lot of people are still very unhappy and feel like they're not getting what they're worth. Which is what I'm sure the the cast of Hamilton and the cast of Rent uh, feel the same way, yeah, <laughs> although or, it's slightly or. different because it's not based on their life. It reminds me of uh, being you know taking being taken advantage of, just like as we recently discussed the That's poor right. actress who played Snow White at the 1989 Oscars. Oh mm-hmm. my God! Yes, that poor woman. <laughs> Hey, you want to you wanna be a part of something in entertainment? Here's 75 cents. Yes, please. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe I got paid. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll yeah. get a residual check for $3 every 10 years. It's you and the uh, synchronized swimmers for the Esther Williams MGM <laughs> spectacles it paid exact same rates because they just refuse to give actors raises. Um so uh, the original production chorus line opens off Broadway at the public, which mm-hmm. uh, if you've heard that phrase, perhaps you've heard that phrase in the last five years, because that is also where Hamilton opened. Exactly. And that was a big thing for people to say, I saw it at the public. I right. saw it at the public before it was open, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, it starts off Broadway, off Broadway at the public, moves to the Schubert mm-hmm. in uh, uh, 1975. July. Yes, in 1975 runs for 6,137 performances. Yeah, it was over 15 years, the longest running show at the time. And uh, so let's go through your six. <laughs> My Were six. It, yes. Did any of them happen to be on Broadway or no. off Broadway or national touring or any specific regional theater? So the first one that I did was in New Jersey, and that was just sort of like a one-off. Uh, then I did, I joined a production in Rhode Island that happened in a church basement and they needed someone for the last week because some cast member had hurt himself. Uh, then the third production was in Connecticut. It was a bring your own dinner dinner theater in Connecticut that ran for several months. That's That should come back with, um, with the <laughs> uncertain, with, in these uncertain times, these bring uncertain your own times. dinner dinner theater. That's how I they can that bring back the buffets. last thing to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Right before buffet. B-Y-O-D-D-T. Yeah, that way you don't have to worry about, like, they don't have to serve you or anything. You just go exactly. and you bring your packed lunch and sit at, mm-hmm. a, sit at a table. You have fun with your friends. Yeah. Uh, the fourth production was a production in Hawaii that was sort of like ending up a tour. Uh, the fifth production was out on Long Island. And then the sixth and final production I did was in St. Louis, Missouri for a summer. Amazing. These are all great places to go. Like, this it is something great. that I, I don't think people think about. They think, oh, I'm going to move to New York and immediately get on a Broadway production. And I'm like, you <laughs> can make a living going elsewhere and you get yeah. to see the world. Exactly. Yeah, Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, okay. So we're going to go through them one by one. So you, So this first <laughs> one. This first one was great. It was really exciting. And one of the... Uh, 
the great things that happened in that production was so like Mitzi, this woman Mitzi Hamilton, she was good friends with this uh, uh, this other performer and director named Bobby Walsh, uh, uh, and Bobby Walsh originated. Excuse me. Uh, Tommy Walsh was his name. He originated the role of Bobby, which was the part that I played in that production. He uh, was there at the tape sessions. He was there in all the workshops he did on Broadway. And uh, the very first performance we had, he came and saw the show. So like, it was me, my, it was like one of my first shows out of college. Um, it was the first performance, of course. I, I was so excited to do it. It is like, um, like I think A Course Night is a great show. So I feel like if there was a show I had to do that many times, I do not, I think A Course Night was a great choice. I'm glad it was that and not, you know, like State Fair or like Carousel or something sort of like really hokey and <laughs> awful. Oklahoma? Um, <laughs> would you love to spend a summer in, no. in Oklahoma and Hawaii? No. Uh, <laughs> in Hawaii, sure. People love to shit on Oklahoma and it is like, it's solid, but it is also yeah. like law. It's it's the it's Citizen Caney, you know what I mean? Where it's like, it did so many things, it broke so many barriers, but then you see it now and you're like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Except for the, the, the recent Ali Stoker version. It has a dream ballet um, choreographed by Agnes DeMille. I'll always remember that from Theater 101. <laughs> Wow, you didn't pay attention in 101. You couldn't pay me to be in Carousel. I don't know. Carousel's, Carousel's it's problematic. Rough. People, it's yeah, people very have issues problematic. with it. Anyway, but course line. Um, so the secret is, is like it is a lot of dancing, but it's not all that difficult, especially for the men. Like, there's a few female parts where, like, oh, you really have to be a great dancer. But a lot of it, there's just a lot of it, and most of it isn't. Um, impressive in that like you need to do splits or like kick really high or do a lot of turns there's a lot of like precision where like you have to get the angles of like your shoulders and your hips and all that stuff right but by and large it is not that difficult a show to perform physically but there is a lot of it so like the first time you do it you are kind of losing your mind because also like usually you have like two weeks of rehearsal so it's just like overwhelming and insane so anyway opening night he this guy uh, Tommy Walsh came and right after the show, like he he came backstage, and I was like still in the dressing room. I saw him come into the like the men's dressing room, and he turned to someone and said, "Where's the kid who played Bobby?" And like, you know, they pointed to me, and he just like walked right over to me, and he was like, "You were so great, you were so funny, I loved what you did." Like he was just like so sweet and wonderful, in a way that like he didn't have to, and he clearly like made a point at to like go out of his way and be like, "I know it's crazy for you to like," because like not only was I doing a part that he originated on Broadway, it's like a part that was like based on him, like it was his life, like his stories. And so like, it was so sweet and so wonderful. It meant so much to me that he did that. Um, so that's like the thing that I always think about that production, just also in the fact that it was like insane. Um, that's, that's so, so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, really nice. What a, what a good show of character. Now I know all I need to know about that man, which is <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. stand up character. So the second production I did, that was a, I was at a church in Rhode Island and a friend of mine had directed it's one of the guys who was in the production I was in he was like staging it and he was like I need you to come in and replace someone for the last week so as I said it was it wasn't the basement of a church it was a converted church it was a church it was now a theater um, and so like the audience all sat in pews and I remember on maybe it was maybe like my second or third performance this show had been running for several weeks and I just came in for like the last week and a half but like one of the second or third performances there was a woman in the front row who just like took out and you know how like at the like in, in shows most shows the front row the you as an actor can see the front row like the lights like spill on them and so you can pretty much usually clearly see the front row uh this woman was breastfeeding like full stop right there in the front row and the chorus side the way it's like there's you spend large stretches of it just standing in a line at the edge of the stage look you know talking to the director who's supposedly in the back of the house and so we're all just literally just like standing looking at watching this woman breastfeed in the middle of our show <laughs> how 
how long is she breastfeeding that kid? Normally, <laughs> breastfeeding doesn't take that long. I mean, it was, she didn't do it the whole show, but you know, okay, there was like a long right. chunk. We we're just like, we're all this is happening. We all see this. But you even know, after no she's way to, like, done, you know, like even <laughs> after she's done, it's not like you can like look over there and not keep thinking about it. Of course, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, were you playing Bobby for that production as well? Yes. I in this I did it was Bobby, Bobby, Greg, Roy, Greg, and Bobby. If I did one more Bobby, it would have been a palindrome. And if Roy was a Peter, it would have been Brady's. <laughs> You're right. That's true. There is no Peter in Course Line, unfortunately. Um, have you ever met any of the other people who played Bobby? Um in any like, of the major productions, whether, uh, let's see, uh, Leslie Meadows, Michael Gorman, Ken Allen, Ed Curry. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I've met any, like, I know a lot of people who have done it. Um, and I think I did a production of a sh of the show with a woman whose husband played it a long time on Broadway. Like, he did it for, like, seven or eight years. Yeah, that to me just seems crazy. Like, people who do, like, it it happens like in musical theater, especially like on Broadway, like the long running shows there. Like there's a woman who was in Chicago for over 25 years. Wow. Could you imagine doing a show? Cause also like they do it eight times a week Yeah. Like, for 20, like that's your career. Like that, like you weren't an actor, you were in Chicago. You know what I mean? Like that's what you were. <laughs> it, it's Frasier. She's but the Frasier that, like, of yeah. Chicago. But even like Frasier, it's like, well, they changed the script every week. Right, like, and, and you get to do new and fun things and wear different costumes. Right. And you yeah. don't have to put it's up not, with... Oh, this leotard again. Here we go. And it's, and it's not just uh, you being front and center to Bob Fosse's complete breakdown yeah. for the like first few years or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Jesus. 25 years. That's so long. I don't insane. know. I, could you do that, Steve? I don't know that I could. I could do maybe five. Universal tour guides there of some that have been there for like 25 to 30 years. But even that, like, it's a lot, and I don't think I could. But even that, like, the the lot has changed. The studio is like things have evolved, right. so it's it, it's different from when they. You're not technically giving the same tour you gave. Yeah, when you it's started. gradual. It changes gradually, so I think like it feels like you've always always been doing the same thing. But like, yeah, at least it changes a little bit. But no, I think. I could barely drive across Nebraska, so I don't know if I could do a performance for more than one year. It depends. I mean, if it was... Fair. How long have you been a tour guide? Um, I was a tour guide for seven years, and I don't know if I still am because there's a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. Fair, fair. Did you find, like, when I've talked to friends who've done long-running shows, like, did you... Do you have... I'm sure you have stories where you're, like, you almost, like, leave your body, where you're just, Constantly. Like, as you're doing it, you're like, oh, I'm doing this thing now. I would be, uh, we'd be going through the front lot and I'd be talking about, um, uh, for a while there were four sound stages used by CSI and I could, my mouth could be talking all about how CSI films there and in my mind I'd be thinking, what do I want for lunch? Oh, isn't it interesting that I'm not even, my brain is disconnected, my mouth is still talking and I'm just here thinking about how my mouth is still talking and I'm saying all the right <laughs> things but I'm not thinking about what I'm saying. I should probably check back in with myself. <laughs> so that's yeah, probably what that happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. So maybe after like, yeah, after a while, it just becomes easy. So maybe, maybe that is the sure. way to do it. <laughs> just, just get the one and just never just change. Just black out, do the show. Yeah. 
come back to as you're doing razzle dazzle and you're like oh it's almost over who was she did you say in chicago for 20 i think she's just like in the ensemble i'm sure she went on for that track or that you know what i mean but still oh she wasn't even like yeah i guess if somebody was roxy you couldn't be roxy hart for 25 years (laughs) i guess there's an expiration date on playing roxy Mm -hmm. um so is this like your favorite production you've done in a church basement turned theater your best production at a church basement Um, theater of a church production, I mean, it's not the same thing, but I got my equity card doing a production of the musical Pets in a synagogue in Boca Raton, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't a stage, it was just four tables that were like clamped together. <laughs> that, I love that. I love that that's how you got. Have you guys ever been to any events in LA that are like... Um, uh, sag after run so they'll like show a film or they might have oh, like, yeah. an evening with this cast of whatever mm-hmm. and one of the questions they'll tend to ask is how did you get your sag card and it usually <laughs> because they are very large celebrities who are often you know like oscar noms or whatnot right. they'll just say like oh my first movie you know the <laughs> thing that made me famous and rich right. uh and occasionally it'll be somebody who's like just a workaday actor who'll be like i mm-hmm. think it was a bud light commercial in 89 <laughs> and it paid for my house but like this is so so much better yeah those people those people are also the kind of people who you hear them in interviews or like you you read their book and they're like i was auditioning for felt like two whole years before i finally booked my first pilot (laughs) yeah exactly i slept in my car for Mm. six hours and then i was given a job (laughs) i put in the work that's what you gotta do you got to hit recline and take a nap, and then you go straight back to it. Um, okay, so production three. Production three. So this is the Bring Your Own Dinner Dinner Theater in Connecticut. Um, that one was fun. I don't remember. The, the main thing I remember from that is that Gene Wilder came one night and saw the show. Whoa! Yeah, because he lived nearby, and I guess he had been to the theater before. And so he came backstage and was, like, very sweet and took a picture with everyone. Um what kind of dinner did Gene Wilder bring to the Bring Your Own Dinner Dinner Theater? <laughs> I don't recall. There was a lot. There was like a KFC nearby this theater, so there was like there was usually a, a bucket or two in the crowd. Oh, could you smell it usually? I feel like <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Somet- yeah, you'd be like, Ugh. I think Gene Wilder brought something in like a Tupperware bowl, and I think he forgot the bowl. Like probably, spacho. Yeah. Like at intermission, brought it to the men's room and rinsed it out because he didn't want to have a dirty bowl with him. Yeah. On the ride home and stink mm-hmm. up his car. Because he was looking at somebody a few tables over who was stinking up the place with fried chicken. <laughs> and he was like, I'm not gonna be that guy. Not with this mm-hmm. not with this borscht. No, no. People know <laughs> people know who I am. They will talk. <laughs> I just keep picturing people eating a bucket of fried chicken while watching a musical of theater. I'm. Like it just it's it mind boggling to There's me. There's no like, better way to watch musical theater than with a bucket of fried chicken it's in front so of It's so greasy. It's just all over the place. You well, they're not bones. jumping in and doing the show. And yeah. Like, sorry, my hands are so greasy. I can't lift you right it's now. It's not cats. Nadia, your issues with fried chicken are no different whether in a musical theater setting or at a Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's not any less greasy. I know. It's, you know what it is? It's like whenever um, back in the day when we used to be able to go to movie theaters, uh, mm-hmm. the hot trend, which was movie theaters that had like 
like the Alamo Draft House, where they'd bring you like All a right. full meal. Mm-hmm. And it always weirded me out a little bit because I'm like, I, I'm sitting here in pitch black darkness. There's no way I'm going to successfully navigate a <laughs> knife and a fork at this moment. I don't even know if I could successfully navigate like, a, you know, hand food. Like if you gave me a corn dog or a hamburger like or something like Yeah, or pop, even popcorn. Like by the time I get up of, out of any movie, I'm like, oh, Christ, it's all over my tits. Like just yeah. brushing off butter. <laughs> Is it me, Steve? Am I just bad at eating? <laughs> no, no, I think no. I think like uh, for me, what it is um, is well, yeah. You, it seems like you do have trouble eating popcorn. Yes, <laughs> but um, for me, the the dining at musical theater, like I just don't feel you should. Live theater to me isn't a place for snacks. It's fair, not a place fair. for popcorn. Um, you know, I think that's for movies. I don't know why I feel that way. I remember freshman in the same uh, uh, theater class where I learned about the Dream <laughs> mm-hmm. Ballet choreographed by Agnes mm-hmm. DeMille. Uh, we had to go see the the college production of Kiss of the Spider Woman, and my friend Carissa and I we went to the last performance um, available because we really didn't want to <laughs> go sit through a musical. Sure, and we brought. We brought peanut butter and marshmallow sandwiches, um, and we're just like mindlessly eating like junk food throughout the whole show. And then afterwards, just the look that the guy next to me gave me, I was like, "Oh, you don't eat at you don't eat at theater. <laughs> you eat in in theaters, but you don't eat at the no, not when the show is happening." Yeah, if it's spelled <laughs> yeah. with an e r at the end, snack yes. away. If it's yes. spelled with an r e mm-hmm. at the end, it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> R-E snack away E-R snack away R-E not okay No I'm with you Steve I think just that's part of the visceral image Of somebody with the Eating fried chicken while you're sitting there Doing uh, kicks and trying to sing Your part in and and just like Sure Watching somebody just Like I don't, I don't There's something that's uh, so off putting to me about that But at the same time What are you going to do You you needed a job Obviously It's not like you sure. have control over this I'm just like exactly. Why would The theater been just... running for years I mean you know yeah. I mean, It was a well loved Established institution Right It's just very funny to me um, Moving on to uh, Show four Production number four That I did was uh, Is in Hawaii um, and what was Ooh. fun about that is so like chorus line again, cause you know, it's like, it's, it's a, the whole thing's an audition ostensibly. And so the first 15 minutes, it's supposed to be like, this is the third callback for a Broadway show. So there's a whole bunch of, you just dance a whole lot and then they cut a bunch of dancers. So in this production, I was cast as wrong arms, Roy, who's one of the dancers who gets cut in the first, like after the first 10 to 15 minutes of the show. So I basically just got to do 10 to 15 minutes of shitty dancing every day, and then I was done. And then you le- I left and you never saw me again. I would s- occasionally sing off stage. Um, Did you ever just was- go home? <laughs> I mean, no, we were in Hawaii, so it was like I'd have to wait for the bus to take us back to the oh, hotel. Okay. Um, and you were technically supposed to be there in case someone got hurt and fell. I mean, like, and that did Makes happen sense. a bunch. Um, like, in that production, especially for some reason, like, a lot of people kept, like, hurting themselves. And so there was times, like, in a show where one of the actors who was not supposed to get cut twisted his ankle in the opening number. So his understudy and him like switched in that number. Um, Yeah. And there was also like, sometimes like, you know, a lot can happen a lot on tour when like you're all together, basically in a pod where like someone got some sort of flu. And so suddenly everyone's getting it. Um, So that production of, I mean, like it was in Hawaii. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I loved it. Um, But I think of that production as like, there was a lot of people just going down, like like a lot of injuries happening within a two week period. Um, 
No, they were, getting they were on purpose so they could stay in Hawaii and not have to perform. <laughs> I can't leave Hawaii and... <laughs> I have to stay. Yeah. The what if I? What if somebody else up. gets hurt and I'm healed? You better have me stick around. I'll heal on the beach, and then I'm exactly. here for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send a text at half yeah. hour, just making sure you don't need me. Yeah. Uh, the which island? Uh, Oahu. I was a week in Maui and a week in Honolulu. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was very nice. Island hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and on your off time, since you're in paradise, were you able to do anything else, or was it really just show focused? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I like I went swimming with dolphins. I was supposed to go uh, skydiving when I was in Hawaii, but I had to cancel that because we had to have an emergency put in because some one of the performers got got hurt and so we had to like have a rehearsal to put someone into the show to replace them um but like one of the cast members also like while we were there it was so beautiful and her fiance was with her so they're like let's get married so like one one of our days off one of the cast members got married um ah! and then we, later that day we went to like a luau um yeah i mean it was like we're doing sort of like kind of touristy things but you know just like having fun just being in hawaii for two weeks that's lovely i love the idea that somebody was just like <laughs> we're here we might Let's as well just, just yeah, t- now it's easier. Everybody else is here. Let's just go. Right, exactly. Um, how convenient. <laughs> um, More okay. weddings should be like that. Seriously. Like, I, let's just do it. If you're here, great. If you're not, that's fine. Uh, I've been invited to a lovely destination wedding for next year that I'm very excited to go to, but it is also a thing where I'm like, okay, now I need to book a hotel and make sure that I can <laughs> have everything packed and think about okay i gotta mark this but that's like you've got calendar. a whole year so who knows yes exactly it does seem like, we, like some of my family's talking about like well, what do we want to do next summer for vacation i'm like i don't like why are we even thinking about this yeah yeah let's make yeah. all the plans in the world let's go to the moon let's make that our plan <laughs> and then let's wait and see what happens i agree because john if you shoot for the moon if you <laughs> miss true. You'll land among the stars. You might get the stars. So, yeah. I was like, I was legitimately, oh, the minute quarantine started, I was like, how much would an Airbnb in Hawaii be? And then they were like, we've shut down all of the islands. Don't fucking come here. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I think they reopened it, you know, recently-ish to be like, oh, welcome. Welcome Sure. Back. If you want to risk it, we're hang. here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I... I just think like, okay, if I'm going to quarantine. But then once I realized like, oh... They just won't let you walk around, will they? They're like they were like very, very serious about you know a quarantine in a mm-hmm. way that uh, most places should have been. Uh, right. Yeah, and and for obvious, very good reasons for them to be that way. But then it made me go like, oh no, to be trapped in paradise and not be able to do there's the twist while you're there exactly. Um, which I guess is a little bit like when you're working there and you're like, I can do some things, but I can't do everything. It's not just a vacation. <laughs> I got to do a show every night. It's like right. when you do improv on a cruise ship. It's not all fun and improv on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a great downside. job. Like if you're an alcoholic, everyone I know who's done it, they're like, it's if you're, it's bad if you are at risk of becoming an alcoholic. Cause literally all you have to do is like do silly improv games for drunk people. And then occasionally like run a shuffleboard thing, but it's like, yeah, be drunk. No one cares. There's never a point where it's like, we need you to be sober before we played party quirks or before you ran the <laughs> shuffleboard. Uh, I don't even that's... literally nothing else to do. Oh, and fun excursions. I hope they get discounts on the excursions. You know, I don't want <laughs> sure. anyone to miss out on their chance to go on a duck boat tour. Yeah, you got to be able to jet ski in between uh, 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 zip zaps up. Uh, all right, so production 
uh, five. Production five was on Long Island. So, so yeah. So I to go back. So in the third production I did, I, that's when I played Greg, the character of Greg, and the character of Greg is the Jewish guy. Uh, his, you know, his uh, what is I'm trying to think. Of his name is like my real name is Sidney Mecker. Oh shoot! I should have looked this up. He just has like this very Jewish name, and then he says, "But my professional name is Gregory Gardner." Like he says his Jewish name. He says his real name is, and my Jewish name is Lockmel. Rockmel Lev von Meyer back in it's a crazy but <laughs> both Connecticut and Long Island I played the Jewish character and on Long Island especially after the show like people like would like who would come to the st- stage door they're very nice but they'd be like you did a wonderful job you're not the least bit Jewish but you did a great job it's Gregory <laughs> <laughs> even then I was I was like when they cast me I was like I'm happy to do it but I look very Irish. <laughs> this character's one defining trait is that he's Jewish. But okay. Um, what did you like singing better? Uh, uh, um. Well, the thing is with Chorus Line, the, the guys don't really sing. There's only one guy who has any kind of solo in the show. His character's name is Mike, and he sings, I can do that. The score is really all for the women. They have tits and ass. They have music in the mirror. They have what I did for love. They have noth- the song Nothing. Um, like All of the fun musical stuff is for the women. The guys really don't have a whole lot. Uh, Wait, the what big- about Sing? Sing is mostly her. talk singing about uh, Christine singing about how she can't sing, and her husband Al just like giving in the last note and the last word. So, yeah, I mean, like, either way, there was, like, Bobby has, like, more, Bobby has more jokes. Bobby's just, like, a better character. Also, the thing, too, is, like, so, if you don't, again, to course line the plot, it ends with, so, like, you have, the whole show is basically 17 dancers, like, auditioning for these, for what would be four and four, like, four male parts and four female parts. And so, the very end, uh, eight people get chosen and everyone else gets sent home and then you come out and then everyone comes out and does the finale in those golden, um, the gold costumes that everyone like recognizes and knows. But um, it is a very different show as an actor when you get cast in the show and when you get cut from the show. Like playing one of the characters, because you just have that moment on stage where like he starts going into the like, we start rehearsals in this week and you're going to do this and that. And like, so you as an actor have this moment of like excitement and like joy and like, I got the job. It's so great. Uh, Whereas like, if you're one of the other actors right before that, you have this moment of like, oh, I've just been rejected and now I have to walk off stage. And like, and it, it, it does actually make a big difference, I guess, because it's like, it's, it's like the, the big emotional moment of the show. And it's like at the end of the show, um, so it was definitely more fun to play Bobby. Although, I mean, playing Wrong Arms Roy, who was w- cut at the very beginning. Also, someone told me that I got more laughs out of that doing that because he's called Wrong Arms Roy because he messes up his arms during a number and like the director like like calls him out and says, fix it and do this. And he still messes it up. Uh, someone who had been with the show for years was like, you got more laughs out of that role than anyone else I've ever seen. So that was fun. But I think overall, I prefer playing Bobby just because it was more jokes and like you get the show. You <laughs> right. So it's just a funner experience to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you uh, you get to take that and uh, run with it as an actor. And even even though it is obviously acted, it's that thing where like part of your brain doesn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, have you I was going to say, like, you guys have done roles before where you're like, hey, in this part, I get to be, you know, the Mm -hmm. the cool, handsome, suave uh, that everybody happened. But sure. Yeah, except <laughs> well, I, or, theoretically, you know, when, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Or even if you're like the villain, you're, I don't know, you're tapping into that part of your psyche that like mm-hmm. wants to do these things and, and wouldn't in real life because you're a nice person, etc. Versus, you know, when you're cut, you're like, oh no, I, <laughs> shit, I'm never going to make it. Right. Just like that little voice in your head just being like, no, no, fuck. Never going to happen. I did all right. that dancing for nothing. <laughs> I worked so hard. Yeah. 
I'd rather be Roy. I'd rather be Wrong Arms Roy. Get the laugh. Do the dance. Get out. Go backstage. <laughs> sleep in the green room while everyone else is worrying. It's like when you have a show, like if you're in like a sketch show and, and you're things first, and then right. you're just done, and you get to just like watch everyone else run around and still be nervous and just be like, right? And you're like, I'm why done. What's so, next? Like, yeah. Why is everyone so uptight and nervous? Yeah. Like, what's so tense about? Guys, I come it went sit well. down, chill. Aren't, wasn't it good? Oh, it's still going. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. It is that thing where, like, you're now responsible for getting things kicked off and getting people, like, <laughs> laughing and whatnot. But at the same time, sure. you're then you're like, not my problem anymore. <laughs> right. Well, it sounds like you go off stage and be like, no one's going to remember me at the end of this show. Yeah. yeah. No one's later going to be like, who was that guy in the beginning? His <laughs> arms were a mess, but I loved him. <laughs> That's true. I guess you do. <laughs> well, when you were Roy, um, for curtain call, do you do any fun like arm thing? Like no, the, like, those cut dancers in the beginning do not appear. Don't don't come out for the finale. Oh, it's wow. just the dancers you've been with for the bulk of the show. But not even like at the very end when like everybody gets to come out. <laughs> nope. Only in the movie does that happen, where literally everyone comes out at the end. And that feels reverse of how it should be. Yeah. Well, the movie is reverse of how a lot of things in the show <laughs> the should be, garbage, but we'll yeah, get yeah. we'll get sure. to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay, so production five is on Long Island. Uh, you're sta- you're I assume you're living in the city and then commuting. Uh, for that place, you stayed there during the week, but like on your day off, uh, most people would go back to New York. Were you it able was like- to s- see any other shows? Since you're like, uh, excuse me, I'm. <laughs> in a show uh, perhaps right you now. recognize me from uh the gateway playhouse production of course line on long island <laughs> perhaps usher here at phantom of the opera you'll be willing to let me in uh no i mean like i went home it was the, i think the commute was like an hour and a half so like to do it every day would probably be a lot but like you'd have like a day like the last show is usually like a sunday afternoon and your next show is like a tuesday evening so you usually like go home sunday after the show come back late Tuesday afternoon. So you'd have like a day or two in New York to like <laughs> clean your apartment or do whatever you needed to do. But it is, it is sort of a challenge when you are on that kind of theater schedule because um, it, I, mean, I know it sounds like it's so easy. Like you just do a show every day and it's like maybe three to, you know, three and a half hours, but it's like, you're on a totally different schedule when the show's over. You're like, I mean, it's not too different from like doing comedy where like you perform late at night and then like you get that adrenaline rush. So it's not like I finished my stand up show and now at 10 o'clock I'm going to bed. Like you're still like buzzing and like want to do stuff and most like nothing's open except for bars (laughs) and diners. You know what I mean? So like you're on this weird schedule. It's hard to have a normal life. And so you just end up hanging out with more people on the crazy weird schedule that you're on. Right. And you're uh, I mean, there's prep for beforehand if if curtain if. If the show starts at 7.30, it's like you're getting there early to do this and that. And mm-hmm. then you get through your show. And then, um, yeah, and, and plus matinees and throwing that in for yeah. Wednesdays and Sundays. So, like, by the time it's Sunday at 6 p.m., you're just like, all right. <laughs> I'm wiped out. Yeah. What do I do for 36 hours apart from just sleep? <laughs> right. um, so, I guess in that way, it's like, and then Monday, everything shut down. So, it's not like you can mm-hmm. see all that much. Right. Um even if you have an off night. Uh, did you have a go-to spot, a uh, go-to bar or diner that the, that everybody would go to after? In New York? Yeah. Oh, you for mean this like during pati- these shows? During these shows, for this particular show, was there oh, like- Oh, well, this place hey, on Long Island, they had like, it was a whole, like, it was a huge piece of property that had like 
they had a party space. They had like a converted mansion where the cast stayed for the most part. There was like another house where like the 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 director and the stage manager and they all stayed. They had a like rehearsal rooms, costume rooms, set rooms. So like people, they just had a party space, which was basically it was like a basement that didn't have a house on top of it. You know, like it had that feeling. Like it had it like you definitely went down steps to go into it, and it definitely felt felt like you were like below ground level. But there wasn't like a building on top of it. It was just like someone's like, I just want a basement, not a house. Um, and they had like a pool table and like a dartboard and stuff like that. But that was just like where you hung out. That's where like everyone just sort of hung out. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Just to have like one central space. What is nice about like going away and doing shows that I miss or like I miss when I start doing more like comedy stuff was like it is it can be really it can be a nightmare, but it could be really fun to be like, OK, I'm going to St. Louis for three months and I'm going to meet a whole bunch of people. Maybe I know some of them. Maybe I don't know any of them. We're going to create this own little world, this own little like unique experience of like we're putting on the show together. We're all out of our homes or out of our houses. We're all in a new place and then going, you know, like so there's something fun about that, like this sort of like contained adventure adventure that you get to have, which I think with comedy is more like you go and do your shows and you go home or, you know, stuff like that. So that is something that like I miss. Yeah, it's like reality TV. You're basically like trapped yeah. in one place for four Pretty months much. with the same people. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Drama ensues, but right. you, getting drunk you whenever made. you can. Right, <laughs> and it's the friends you made along the way. That's true. Um, mm. I had a similar my <laughs> I had a similar experience like that, but instead of being in a performance, it was uh, doing the Disney World college program, but also oh, okay. very much just um, two things to do go to work or hang out with people who are also you don't with. have to go. Yeah. <laughs> hang out with people you work with who aren't at work right now. Take the bus to Walmart or one of the parks you work at. Okay. Now we have our sixth and final final production. production. Sure. In which you are back to being Bobby. Back to playing Bobby. This was in St. Louis. And this was, this production was pretty much the original staging um, they had tweaked it a little bit. The, the director of that production of it, he just wanted to make it happier. <laughs> so like anything that was sort of like, not it's not like there's any real depression, depressive stuff in Course Line, but he just like didn't want it to be a bummer, <laughs> as much of a bummer as it gets sometimes. So like he sort of softened things that I was like, this we don't need to do this, but... Eh, Does everyone get it? <laughs> Everybody gets cast. <laughs> <laughs> Sick people were nicer, you know, like, yeah, uh, there were less people in the lot because the state that stage wasn't that big. So they edited it down. So there were a few less people on the line. It's a real Midwestern version of exactly. a course yeah. line. Nobody's cut. They're just asked to go home, practice and try again. <laughs> right. And try and sell some tickets to the production. Yeah. Yeah. So you're invited to leave and come back and work the booth. <laughs> If you're able to sell 40 tickets, we could put you in a crowd scene. <laughs> um, what? Which of your Bobbies was your favorite? Was it the St. Louis production version or was it the others? I mean, it might. Ha- I might have to go like the first one because it was like new. It was like unique. Again, I met Tommy Walsh and he was so great. And it was like such a such an exciting just experience in that way and just said like it was the original Broadway staging and I mean also like it was funny with that like this woman Missy Hamilton she showed up like to rehearsal she had like a rolling bag and she had huge three binders that just was the entire show completely plotted out uh, because Corsine doesn't really have a set there's like a row of mirrors that sometimes 
you know, you cover and sometimes there's like a gold burst at the very end, but it is basically an empty stage. And again, like this show has, it, it is success, so successful that it has become a machine where you just sort of like add water and then you, cr- and then chorus line happens. You know what I mean? But like she had the entire show was just all of the, every staging, every character, every moment, all of it was just in these huge three binders. And so there was just something about that that just felt like this is, I'm doing a real show and like, this is how it really works or like, which isn't at all, but you know, like it just felt you know, and I was just out of college, it just felt so like exciting. So in that way, I think that's probably like the production that I feel the most like sort of like emotionally fond of. Although like they were all great in different ways and had crazy weird stuff and met wonderful fun people. So yeah. yeah. What, well, what was yeah. the craziest or weirdest part of the St. Louis production? The craziest part of the St. Louis production? Well, this one, uh, at this theater, the, the, band was pre-recorded all of the music was pre-recorded and so that was a pain because like a chorus line has like a lot of vamps in it and there's a lot of like people just talk and there's music underneath and then you start singing you know and so like that was like a a whole extra headache i remember um i don't know i mean it's also just it's because it's like mostly just people who are like young and like like ambitious but like are you know doing chorus line in st louis like people just got like really like well if other people are going to take this like why are we doing this if we're not going to take it seriously or like someone like accidentally like nicked part of the stage you're like see this is i I, this this hat like there was a lot of just like people like being upset about something where you're just like calm down like with you like there's so many moments like that all and i'm not saying i was not guilty of some of those moments but like there's just like so there's I don't know, like that one, there was a lot of that, but it's like all shows, I think. I think at that point, you and everyone else had just been doing a chorus line for too long. (laughs) Everybody was in the same boat of just same show, different place. (laughs) Sorry, I got off my number for half a step for that beat, for that number. I apologize. Um, I was not trying to sabotage you. Um, Um, Okay, so I have a question. Let's hear um, it. I, I put a pin in it because I wanted you to get through all six of your productions of A Chorus Line <laughs> before I went back to ask. Okay. Pets the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> what is Pets the Musical? Pets the Musical. It apparently ran in New York. I never saw it. It was like a very sort of low-budget uh, off-Broadway show. I believe it was a cast of four... And there was like one piano player and uh, it was just a review. Whereas I recall the woman who directed it, and I think she also like had put it together or like, I don't think she wrote it. Maybe she wrote it. Act one was all cat and dog stories. And act two was all different, all non cat and dog stories. I remember like in the first act, I had a five minute tap solo. Thank God I dated that tap constructor. Uh, that was just a cat taking a piss. Like it was like me coming out, smoking a little catnip in a in like a kitty litter box that just turned into a tap number. Uh, I also uh, played Socks. No, I played Bill Clinton and Socks <laughs> the Cat was in a number. What is this uh, show? Nadia, was... did you know about this? <laughs> <laughs> and this is I did this one performance in a synagogue in Boca Raton. Um there's a sh- know- <laughs> there's a song uh, a dog hungrily eyes his owner's bagel in there's a bagel on the piano. <laughs> yes, I didn't do that number but that was a number in it. Uh, in act two, I know it was like a lizard who was like a womanizing lizard. I played like a, oh, there was a number called We're Mice of Means, where like three of us were just like mice, just like doing like a number. Like there was no plot. There was no story. It was just like, sometimes mice are like, 
is sometimes cats get high and take a piss and they tap dance to it. I love um, that. It's basically cats, but with more animals. More pets. animals. Yes. Pets. Yeah. It's ca- mm-hmm. it's 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 cats. If you love for cats, all. you're gonna love. If you felt alienated at cats, <laughs> we'll come over to pets. I bet you'll find something you like. Pets Do you think Andrew Lloyd Webber is just looking at uh, uh, Hal Prince, just going, Hal? It's about pets. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we been here? <laughs> this is wild. I did not know about the show. There's a bagel on the piano. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a bagel on the piano is the name of a song. <laughs> sometimes you don't need a second draft. It's true. <laughs> I think sometimes the best art is ruined by revision. Yeah. Have you been in other productions of other shows besides <laughs> yes. A Chorus Line and Pets the Musical? Sure. Uh, other shows that I've done more than once, I've done two different productions of West Side Story. I did two different productions of Evita. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other like like musicals that I did a bunch of times. What were your I mean, roles West Side in Story, I was... Well, in one version, we did the stage version where... Officer Krupke and Cool are switched, like they happen at different points in the story than than it is in the movie. In both productions, I played a different part, but in both productions, I sang the song Cool. I was Diesel in one and Riff in the other. So I always sang, so it's always in my contract if I'm doing West Side Story, I have to sing Cool. Um, and then in Evita, I was just in the ensemble both times. Okay. Both great shows. You've done, I mean, you've done a lot of great shows, especially Pets the Musical. Um <laughs> Uh, any any others of note that we got to add to this resume? I mean, like I've done a, a lot of uh, shows you haven't heard of. Like that's this the same theater on Long Island where I did Chorus Line. Uh, years later, I went back to do an original musical called Cold as Ice, uh, and it was about figure skating. And it starred Oksana Bayul, who you may know as the Olympic gold medal winner uh, for figure skating. They uh, transformed the entire stage into an ice rink, so it was like a lit, like literally ice on stage. Um, and then they had a bunch of people competing in what they call the Winter Games. You couldn't call them the Olympic Games because the Olympic Committee doesn't let people use their name. Yeah, um, it's that in the uh, the Super Bowl. So if you're ever yeah. in marketing and you have to create any kind of advertising, it's always the big game, <laughs> oh, which is so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Same thing with the Olympics. You just have to be like, go for the gold repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Anyway, so the winter. So games. yeah, I mean, like that was a big. So uh, yeah, that show. I played a sportscaster in that, so I didn't have to figure skate. But that show was also like nuts and crazy. Um, but like musical theater, I think just just brings out a lot of just insane people. I mean, so does comedy. So does any kind of like show businessness. But there is like a, a type of like musical theater is a type of person, much in the way that like an improviser is a type of like performer. Yes. Uh, and that's why I think uh, when people are when people say things like Hamilton sucks or whatever, I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't like theater kids. That's what this is. <laughs> you don't like theater kids and theater kids are the most sincere motherfuckers on the planet. Uh, uh, what's the one show that you're like, oh, I always wanted to do this show or I really wanted this role in this show? Ooh, um, I don't know. There's like. Yeah, the thought of like doing a show right now seems so like magical and exciting. Even like a terrible production somewhere, it seems like ah, oh, think of how beautiful that is and how exciting that would be to just commune with people and share a story. God, I'd I'd love to be in front of an audience <laughs> singing. Uh, there's a bagel on the piano, <laughs> mm. just pawing at it. Uh, just like, look uh, at me, I the lights it. on me. 
I know a I know a girl who did go to Florida to uh, perform in uh, like a some sort of some sort of performance of Greece, and they're all wearing face masks. What? Oh, right. They're like there's theaters are trying to like figure that out now. Like there yeah. was a production of Godspell that happened not too long ago, which is also like, what? Also, like Godspell, Godspell in Greece is like you're gonna risk your life for that show. Do you have a dream role, Steve? Because my dream role really is the baker's wife. Not the shorts, but into the woods. Uh, and it's it's a thing I think I've still, I don't know, I've got 10 years left sure. on that. I mean, it's a musical, so I mean, you as can long always, as I'm wearing as retinol. Long as live theater, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a big enough theater, like if you take the Muni, that's a 14,000 seat theater in St. Louis, you could do it there. No well one's going to see these. No one's no going gonna to see these wrinkles. They're not well, going to know. I could be a little red riding hood in that. That's true. <laughs> I, I meant in a musical, in a, in a stage musical. Um, well, a either musical could work. Either a Jetsons musical or, um, I mean, I it's pretty basic, but The Dentist. Oh, oh yeah. You could wait for that one. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's also like, one that, that suits your comedic sensibilities and... Uh, that's just a fun one. That's a fun one all yeah. around. But also, like, in this day and age, I wouldn't mind if, like, you know, maybe a little bit of it could be changed, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe a little more on the gaslighting and a little less on the <laughs> little real fighting. Abuse. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> Interesting take. Um, okay. <laughs> the, the St. Louis take of Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. <laughs> He's just rude. He just doesn't open the door he's, for her. He's just rude. That would be the perfect role for me. Just oh, the root, the dentist, but he's rude. <laughs> Speaking of uh, terrible takes, so the course Line movie, how do we feel about this? Uh, I mean, it's terrible. Um, it's pretty, the, it's, the thing to, yeah, I mean, it's bad. Uh, um, it's not good. The choreography, they change it. It's weird. It's also funny to like watch because it's like, everyone is like such there's like thousands of dancers in the opening sequence and they're all amazing. Like they're so completely amazing. And then every so often they'll be like, but we like Audrey Landers who doesn't dance at all. Like it just, they didn't really have a sense. They just like made it big uh, and they missed a lot of the point of it. And I mean, some of the performances are good and fine, but overall it really misses the mark. Um, But have you ever seen or heard of every little step? I, I yes. have a vague memory of this. That's like a documentary when they did a revival of Chorus Line, maybe 10 years ago now. I'm not sure exactly. But they did a documentary of like casting the Broadway revival. And that's sort of like, um, so Michael Bennett, who, you know, conceived and directed and choreographed the original production, he, of course, was like, you know, the darling of, of Broadway. And he was like, had the, you know, like a, a multiple picture deal in out in LA and he was like meant to like his big project was he was going to direct the movie of course line because it was it was the Hamilton of its day it was that huge when it came out and he apparently just like didn't like couldn't figure out how to like he was so used to being like the king in this one kingdom in this one universe and like it just he couldn't figure out movies like it just was not a world that he that he was conducive with so uh, the 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 big famous story is that you know even though like they had him in like a big suite and a big office that you know that the whatever the people were paying for he just wrote gone fishing on like on a post-it and left and never came back and so um so what they made was just really bad but oh but he had said that like he thinks what Chorus Line the movie should be is people auditioning to be in Chorus Line the movie because since the musical is about people auditioning to get a show so his one of his initial ideas was to be like okay instead of people auditioning for a sh- 
for this fictional musical in the world of chorus line let's have it be about let's have it be about them auditioning to play these parts in the movie chorus line and so that's kind of what that documentary does if you don't like musical theater people, uh, you will hate it. But like, <laughs> what if you love to hate it again them. the other night? If, oh, then this is this is your movie because it is definitely like there's it's all of those sort. Of, I I know a few people who like who auditioned and, and are in that uh, documentary. Um, but it's just so funny how like you know you have you see all these like musical theater people who are like very like in great shape and have their cute little top and they have like all their music set up and they're like going into the room and they're doing their number and then they're coming you know coming out and being like oh that was so crazy and oh I don't, you know like they're having all of those moments and stuff uh, but then there's also like two actresses who like obviously have known each other and sort of worked around each other if not together over the years and they'll be like you're so beautiful this i i so this you're such a light i so wish this for you it was so the watching the work you did today and that callback was just so inspiring and you're such a light like it's that like there's a lot of that and it is funny because there's some people who are like thanks you know and other people like no you're the light i'm just a reflection of the light that you're done on me and then every so often there's someone who's like cool good job yourself like so, like, that, in a way, is what the movie, of course, I should have been. It should have yeah. been more about that. That's much more interesting. It's not, like, a great, great documentary, but I do think it's a very good documentary. Yeah. Yeah, the film version is just... There's a lot of stuff going on where they're trying to... Uh, it just let me feels it, like there's so much cocaine going on. Like, it just yes. felt like there was, like, all the cocaine in the world was on the set, and they were like, yeah, let's do that. Like most things that we've discussed on this podcast from the 80s, there's a yeah. shit ton of cocaine. Everybody's doing the cocaine. A fog of cocaine in the, yes. in the atmosphere. <laughs> just blowing everywhere. And that's why we have some of the things that we have. It's also a thing where when I think about Chorus Line as a piece, I don't think it's a musical that would translate particularly well to film because the medium that it's set for, much like Cats, much like several other musicals, like it works really well in a stage format. It's not mm-hmm. something that's necessarily going to... Yeah. It might look and sound great on film, but you, like, to your point, you would need to change it uh, yeah. so You have to reconceive it to capture yeah. what is what works about it so well in that one medium. Not everything can transition as smoothly as Rock of Ages from stage to film. So true. Um, also, Rock of Ages so, is a once-in-a-lifetime sort of yeah. theatrical property. Speaking of uh, my trip across the country, <laughs> I got all the way to Omaha before I listened to the Rock of Ages soundtrack for the first time. Not for the wow. first time ever, but I made it all the way to On Omaha. Uh, my mind is blown because I forgot that Nicole Fossey is in it. Yeah. Um, in like one of her few roles as well as and then I, I started looking into Matt West, the the person mm-hmm. who plays Bobby in the uh movie version. And Correct. uh he choreographed uh the first version of Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Correct. And then he also co-produced and choreographed Lestat, which is based <laughs> on the vampire Lestat stories by Anne Rice. With a score by Elton John. Yes. Which Ooh. I didn't know at that, uh, he it did was not a run long. That. No, no, that. Oh. <laughs> that when sometimes people would be like, "What would you do a uh, uh, episode about on your own podcast?" And I'm like, uh, "It might be, it might be this or the Titanic musical." <laughs> did you oh. see the Titanic musical? No, I was not <laughs> around for that. But I mean, I've seen, I've, I've like, like YouTube clips or what have of you. Course. But. Uh, Oof. Anyway, so uh, going back to uh, Chorus Line productions that aren't sure. movie related, um, uh, is there any one else that you uh, would have played 
would you like have wanted to play Zach? Would you have wanted to play Larry? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Zach is a director. Yes. Um, I mean, if, if would you want to just be shouting in the background because you're just like, fuck it. I mean, that's the only part I could reasonably play now, but even that is like a little, is a stretch. I'm a little old for that. Larry is just his assistant who like, I think has three lines. Like he's not auditioning. He just comes in and says like, are you ready to bring the dancers back in yet? Or like, all right, everyone, the tap combination. Like that's all Larry does. So your um, answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> no. The part that I initially, like when I first saw, and I mean, to give the movie its due, like that was the first time I saw a chorus line. So like there's like young me did have some sort of fondness for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mark, who was like the young kid, that was like the part, because also I was a young kid. I was like, oh, I want to play that part. And that, the guy who's playing that part in Hawaii was very sick, so I was sort of unofficially his understudy. So there's a part okay. of me like, oh, maybe I will get to play it. But he uh, was fine and mm. never got sick, and, which is all for the best. I don't, want, I don't wish anyone well, Ill, uh, Ill will, so I can, you know, fulfill a childhood dream. That's fine. It's okay. The moment's gone. It wasn't meant to happen. I'm okay with that. But if, anybody, if anybody's looking, you know... They just needs uh, a mark at last minute. I still know some of most of the staging, really. It never if we're, you. If we're doing a Zoom production, just, mm-hmm. you know, hit me up. You can do it in my room. Uh, do you feel like when everything comes back to life, meaning like the pandemic's <laughs> over, we have a vaccine, musical uh-huh. theater is back. Do you feel like Chorus Line will be there back with it? Or do you think it's like, eh, they'll wait? No, I mean, I think course, well, I mean, it wasn't running in New York. I think it will be interesting if you're talking about Broadway specifically, what will happen because so much of Broadway's uh, audience are tourists. So like, it has to be the point where tourists feel comfortable coming back. Like there's not enough audience of just people who are New Yorkers who go to theater regularly that can sort of support stuff. So there is sort of this question that a lot of people are, are sort of talking about of like, well, what are the shows that people will want to risk paying all this money for? Because also like no one's really working right now. So it's like, like it's tough enough to afford tickets to a Broadway show. But when like you've been in the pa- a pandemic for six months or however long it's going to be, who can be like, I'm going to spend 150 bucks to go see Chicago again. You know, like, so who knows? I think Chorus Line as a show is eternal. I think it's a classic. I think it's always going to be done, even though there's elements of it that have, I wouldn't say aged poorly, but it's just like those references, like Troy, like, you know, someone's like, Troy Donahue can be a movie star. So, I, you know, like, who's Troy Donahue? You know, like, there's some of those things have aged, but it, it, there's nothing about it that's like, ooh, yeah, that Asian character. We really got to rethink that. Um and also, it is relatively inexpensive to produce. There's not much of a set. It's mostly, you know, it's just like lights and just like dancers. Um, so I think it will, I think, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's, I don't think that show's going to disappear anytime soon. Uh, yeah, that was my thought was basically that, like, because uh, its production costs are so low compared to, I don't know, Phantom of the Opera or something that's mm-hmm. like definitely or more Wicked spectacle. Huge, yeah. yeah, exactly. Stuff that, and stuff that requires like an even bigger cast. I, for my money, I was like, oh, what could come back? And it's like, oh, it's a lot of smaller stuff that uh, might be more niche and maybe doesn't have as much right. name recognition. So are they going to put like, yeah, let's bring back Fun Home because that only has, <laughs> you know, eight people or whatever. Or yeah. are they going to, you know, and but then when I thought about it, I was like, no, no, if they're going to bring stuff back, they would bring back like, we're going to bring back the hits. And Chorus yeah. Line was a hit. People yep. went to see, there were, mm-hmm. there were chorus heads. Yeah. They were yep. there. It's, you know, uh, there were liners. Along with rent. I don't know what they call them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chorus liners. Yeah. Yeah. What are the names for, uh, for various, like, I'm I don't a think, blank. like, when Chorus Line happened, like, that wasn't as, like, now everyone sort of no. gets the name. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, like, I know they're Ren heads. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. they call Hamilton people. Or I like ha- what they call ham Hamilton fans, people. something. I don't know. Yeah. I do like ham fans. But then that gets confusing because <laughs> it overlaps a lot. It's not always the same. Yeah. What about people who like ham? <laughs> I think this might be that rare instance where going ham fam, the musical is appropriate. Yeah. Adding the musical at the end is the right thing to do. That's a po- that's a situation where you would need to say what it is. You're right. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes you do need to. not ham fan ham fan the sustenance. I don't know yeah. what you call it. <laughs> I mean, what about, same thing. The for deli pets, sandwich. The musical. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, those are you're definitely a pet head. If uh, yeah. that's definitely pet heads. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a petter. I'm, I'm a, a heavy petter. Yeah, pet- I've seen petters. it 50 times, so I'm a heavy petter officially. I got the yeah. Pen. Once you're you're a pet head until you've seen it 25 times, then you're a petter, and then when you get 50 times, you're a you're a heavy, heavy petter. petter. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the the New York, York Law Journal, Journal said, said that pets is clever, fast paced, urbane, and totally charming, and that's the New York Law Journal. That's the Law Journal. And if you can get a Law, law Journal to call yeah, your show urbane, urbane you've done something. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think, think I've, I've ever been, been anything, anything, anything that, that the New York Law Journal has even considered reviewing or is aware of, let alone calling Urbane. I think now's the time. And I think Pets, the Zoom, again, mm. yeah, and this might could, be an instance to be like, oh, we're seeing it on Zoom. Okay, so it's right, that version yeah. of Pets. Pets. Pets, you might need to say Pets, the musical on Zoom. You might need to put that. It's, it's like on musical. Zoom, almost it's like a sticker that's been added. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe it has a song called There's a Bagel on the Piano. And well, there's no way playing that part page. in Pets, the musical, the Zoom. Um, who? You. Me? Go. Oh, I just wanted to make sure. I wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried I'd say, yes, me. And you'd be like, no. Uh, um, uh, one of the uh, uh, one Someone of the who plats. was like your understudy or like <laughs> yeah. someone who, who you taught improv to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So wait, so what about you, Nadi? Like, what is your story? Like, what is your, like, this was one of the options I gave you and you guys were like, let's talk about Chorus Line. What is your feel? Like, what is your history with the Chorus Line? Like, what do you? I mean, I just love musical theater. Mm -hmm. uh, And I've like co-written a couple of shows that I put up at UCB that were adaptations of TV shows. And like, when I think about uh, musicals in general, Chorus Line is one that I think often gets overlooked despite its uh history i think because it's not a big flashy show because it's about like i mean i hope like its opening number is dazzling because you've got that many people on stage and stuff but like i think it's a show where it's a lot of it's sort of the my dinner of with andre of musical (laughs) theater like it's it's so small in not in the number of people that are on stage and stuff but like it's just about people telling their life Getting stories. the job. Right, right. Are you, yeah, are exactly. People auditioning for a show. Yeah, and it, it's a little inside baseball, and it's a thing where I look at that and I go, I can see where that's not, like, anybody's go-to, you know? Like, that, I, I, think, I don't think it's everybody... I don't think it's anyone's favorite, but it's a good show. Yeah, I think I, I think what you're getting at, too, something I agree with is, that like, the score itself is great. Marvin Hamlish, thank you very much. But, mm-hmm. like, there's not a lot of numbers in it. In, you know what I mean? Like, yes, there's What I Did for Love, and there's God, I Hope I Get It. And, like, but, like, there's not a lot of numbers that you're, like, doing in reviews or that, like, you're doing in, like, a cabaret. Like, there's, even though, like, it's got At the Ballet, which is a gorgeous, it's one of the best musical theater numbers. Like, it does have some great stuff, but it 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 doesn't have, like, those Andrew Lloyd Webber ballads or those, like, yeah. sort of, like, real, like, knock it out of the park 
things, even though, again, I say that, but that's also like, well, what I did for love, which is like such a theater anthem. Um, but like, there's, there's not a lot of great, it's, there's not a lot of great vocal parts in the show. Yeah, yeah. there's no, um, you can't go do karaoke. Uh, Glee covered a bunch, so you might oh, be, I'm sure. yeah, so they did what I did for love, sing, mm-hmm. hello 12, hello 13, hello love, love. Mm-hmm. and at the ballet. So, so um, do you, so are you upset that you, have you ever wanted to be in Chorus Line? Is that something that like you feel, feel like you're upset? No, you no I'm, 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 a, I'm a good singer and a bad dancer. I okay. really, I have two left feet, honestly. Like, I'm not particularly coordinated. So it's this thing where anytime I think about actually starting in something, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to pay me so I can really learn this. And, <laughs> or you you're like waiting to- for Marvel to be like, we're going to pay for someone to get you in great shape. And then, yes, you're like, exactly. You're it's like- that. I need, I need a, I need the Kamal contract sure. where I can just show up and they're like, here's here, you know, eat this here, do this with your body. Exactly. And, look, and then you look boom. amazing now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I need. But for dancing, gotcha. um, because otherwise, and hence part of my Sondheim love, I think is because he's pretty good about giving everybody. Yeah. There's his shows are very low on dance. Right. It's all about, you know, character. And it's like, <laughs> if you can cast a link stretch, And wry observations. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's much more like comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And he, you know, when you think about like a lot of the numbers, that, especially for women, there's a lot of stuff that's for older women as well, which is, I think, a thing mm-hmm. in musical theater. There's so much musical sure. theater where it's like, you know... We can't put Carol Channing out to pasture. Let's write another song for her. Yes. She's far too urbane. <laughs> John Flynn, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know Thank that? you for having me. It was my pleasure. Is there anything you'd like to plug at this time? Uh, you could check out my podcast. It's called Tool Queens. It's Mark Rennie and I. Uh, we have guests on, bring a movie. We have a very complex and Byzantine scoring system where we try to figure out how gay the movie is. Yes, um, it's great. Steve Slago was a guest. What did you, you brought grass. Yeah. I, uh, it did okay. I added a. I added the category pool trouble. Yes, um, still, it still happens. It's still within the. I know when you guys did when you guys did Clue. I was like, this better get a hundred. This better get a hundred. <laughs> she gets murdered on a pool table. That is pool trouble. And of course, Mark's like, but is that a pool? <laughs> And where can people find you online? Oh, I'm on Twitter at jfly99. I'm on Instagram at john underscore Flynn 99. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. But I don't tweet or do much of any of those things anymore. There's nothing to talk about anymore. Because there's, there's, no, there's really no upside anymore. No. The news is the same for everyone. We're all reading the same news and the same tweets and regurgitating yeah. it all. And not and Any joke no- you make will become problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So just could end stay your out career of it. in ten years. So just don't don't bother. Yeah, just right. feel nothing. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.